everyone, and welcome to the Everything Everywhere All at Once Spoiler Caster Review movie directed and written by Daniels, hosted by another Daniel. Hi, I'm your host, Dan Video Games. And with me is A Crew. We have Bob. Googly eyes are funny. From Gigaboots, we've got Dr. Agro. Cowboy Universe. From Dr. Agro, we've got KZ from KZExcellent.com. Hot dog. And we've got Mr. Feel from Mr. Feel's Wild Ride. I'm going to put this podcast on a bagel. <laughs> As I sit on the edge, waiting if that means I can eat this podcast anytime, I instead transition into the intro hello for anyone who hasn't listened to one of our spoiler casts before. What we're going to do is at the beginning of this, we're going to have a couple sentences each about how the movie was to each of us and then make some sort of mouth sound to give you the guttural feeling we feel inside about it. Then we'll go into discussing uh, broadly and intimate details of the movie. And then at the very end, we will give it our summary, summary, summer, sum, summarily, summary. Summer, summer, a summary review, though. Like that, that's I need an adjective yeah. form of that. It, it is. That is the adjective form. Summary is the adjective form of summary. Yes. You know, I it's was terrible. gonna, I was gonna right. edit this out, but now I'm not. I feel like we're all learning, so I'm gonna leave it. In. I mean, you could say a summarized review. A summarized review <laughs> with a score out of ten. Can you synopsize this? <laughs> synopsize Stegosaurus! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start the two-sentence summaries at the beginning. Let's go with Bob. Bob, what did you think of everything, everywhere, all at once? The movie. Um, it's at the same time, like, one of the most heartfelt, emotional movies I've ever seen. Ain't hilarious. So I'm going to give it a whoa. 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 Okay. We move now to KZ Excellent. Yeah, it, it absolutely is like really, really solid in, in trying to convey the themes of what it's going for. And I think a lot of the editing and trying to make the uh, everything work really well. Um, I'm going to give it a ooh. Okay, we now move to Dr. Agro. Uh, when I first heard about this movie, I was like, oh, sweet, a Michelle Yeoh pick. And then I watched it, and James Hong was in it. I know. Yeah! It's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking surprise. <laughs> and now we move to Mr. Feel. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie, and it might be the greatest comeback for an actor in history with the husband in this movie... Being short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I don't think there's ever been a bigger comeback than this. <laughs> I think he was also Data in The Goonies. Yes. yes. <laughs> and frankly, he deserves an Oscar for this movie. So I'm going to give it a ooh. Everything Everywhere All at Once is the most heartfelt and hilarious family drama martial arts sci-fi film with hot dog fingers ever made. I'm going to give it a <laughs> yeah. And with that out of the way, uh, I guess I'm going to set a, a, a timer uh, for five minutes for us to talk about this without getting into deep, deep spoilers. Okay. Just so anyone who accidentally left their phone on autoplay <laughs> has, has a little bit to get over to it to be like, well, maybe I want to watch this. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh James, what was it? James Hong is his name. The actor you were talking about, Doctor Agro. Uh, yeah. From uh, what was it? Big Trouble in Little China. That that is where most people will recognize him. Yes. The Wait. inspiration for Raiden. Wait, who did he play in this? He's the grandfather. Oh my god! All right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in this is amazing. Jamie Lee Curtis disappears into her role. Uh, yeah, Ki Kwan is amazing as the father, as Waymond. <laughs> His performance is perfect in every scene. I did not pick up on the fact that that was Jamie Lee Curtis. I know! What? I, what? Dude, I, yeah. I went a whole viewing of the movie, and then when we hit credits, I'm like, wait, what? And then I watched it again. I'm like, God, she's just disappearing into this character. It's so good. The best part is uh, that outfit she's wearing in the movie, Deidre, uh, 
she went to the costume designer and was like, I had this outfit years ago where the pants went way too high and the 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 shirt just sort of let my gut hang out. Can you do something with that? <laughs> <laughs> and the costume designer's like, yeah, absolutely. That's perfect for this IRS agent. <laughs> this uh this movie has some actual really incredible action, like martial arts and stuff, but it doesn't do it all that often. This is it is it it is surprising to me that it fires on the level it does for so many different aspects of itself, right? Mm. That it is so emotionally resonant and clear in its message, but then transitions to being completely hilarious and random. Uh, worth noting, the writers on this, uh, which are the directors, the writer-director couple, uh, Dan and Daniel... Uh, Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, they were working on the script for years and years. And then the second, yes, they were. The second season of uh, Rick and Morty comes Rick out. And they're and like, Morty. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think uh, they were like, I had to stop watching Rick and Morty while we were working on this because I was getting upset. They also <laughs> said that about Spider-Verse, I think. Like, God damn it, everybody's going to lap us on this. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was really funny hearing that's how they felt about that. And it's like, dude, you did such an amazing job. You, you came out the same year as, and like, I enjoyed this film, but I think this is an obvious short coming of it the doctor strange multiverse movie <laughs> where i feel like you hit on the multiverse concept so much better than that even remotely tried to mm-hmm. yeah it's funny how multiverses just happen to be happening in all of these different series <laughs> yes yeah like at the exact same time i mean it's it, it's a it's a function of of the marvelization of modern mass media where it used to be you had to take a whole movie to explain a certain concept mm-hmm. well now you can just say multiverse and a, a large enough percentage of every random asshole in a movie theater knows that concept and you can just move on to something bigger and more complicated from there. Or yeah, not. Everyone everyone on Earth has <laughs> yeah, already seen the not. movie The One. That's true, yeah. We all learned when The One oh, came out. Oh, the I, I really need to watch that again. That movie's good. Oh, hell yeah, um, you need to watch that again. That's not going to compare favorably to this. But. Hey, Quan, uh, short round data, he was also in The One. What? What's he really? <laughs> no way. What? God damn it. No, you're lying. That's, that's the what IMDb one is telling me. Wikipedia. Excuse me. There's. Ma- one moment. <laughs> okay, he was I the stunt coordinator on it. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he quit. He quit. Yeah. He, he quit acting for a long time, and I think he only came out of retirement of acting retirement to do this. Yeah, he, oh, he was working as a stunt coordinator and a choreographer for years in between. Uh, that that explains why he has a fight scene in this, and it's good. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the funniest thing. They were like, uh, which, by the way, he came out of, like, he, he got back into acting one week before they did the call for this. Uh, one week. Nice. That's some amazing timing. But they're like, hey, do you have martial arts training that's really important for this movie? And he's like, yeah, I have a black belt in uh, Taekwondo or whatever. And they're like, okay, that's great. And then they scripted it of a fanny pack fight scene, and he's just like, I don't, that's not really covered in that, but, uh, (laughs) kind of an open hand sort of, (laughs) it was great. Like I, I had, I, I'd heard this movie was coming out. I heard it was great. I mean, it stars Michelle Yeoh. Uh, so I'm like, cool, I'm going to watch this and then shut everything out about it. So I went in completely cold. Mm-hmm. So it, it had gone long enough by the time that fanny pack scene happens where I wasn't sure this was going to be a martial arts film at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sitting on my couch like, oh, now we're going to get into some old Hong Kong shit. <laughs> yeah, I the way I heard of this movie, I had never heard of this. I didn't know anything about this movie, and I still didn't when I sat down to watch it. All I knew was that every once in a while, somebody I followed on Twitter would post, I went to the theater and saw this movie. It changed my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Or, or something like that. And then, and then I, I got really mad because it was in theaters here for four days, none of which were even a Friday. Oh, it was geez. Monday, <sighs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I could not go see it during any of those days. And I was like, I'll go see it this weekend, already replaced with fucking Doctor Strange. Oh. Mm. It, it, it was one of those... 
nine screens playing Doctor Strange situations. God. Yeah, that's... <sighs> Disney's influence on the film industry is really great, actually. <laughs> we just don't understand their vision. The vision that their really? movie's the only one playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the spoilers are full. Uh, it's It's free game now. Anyone who wants to say anything about this movie, go right ahead. I'm going to start with the description of Jobu Tapaki as being literally the lyrics from the song. Uh, this is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And then 10 minutes later in the movie, that song's playing super quietly in the background. Gave me a stroke. <laughs> I was like that, that, that song resonates very deeply with the weird depressed story of the main character, Evelyn here. But I didn't even catch the lyrical reference in the earlier part describing Jobu Tabaki, but it is literally word for word the lyrics of that song. <laughs> and they were like, like one of the things on Wikipedia is like, by the way, the original creator of the song made different versions for that movie. And I'm like, wait, how many times is it in there? <laughs> so that's the Easter egg now, I guess. I need to go back and watch again and again. Uh, my God, this movie's fucking good with its comedy. <laughs> like, it's oh also yeah. a little distressing how <laughs> this movie seems to posit. Like, like I love that when when they're doing you know multiverse based on human choice thing, whatever. Um, that that they they posit that there are nearby universes that are more similar, and you branch out as you get farther and farther from your home universe. Mm -hmm. And we, we seem to be in, in this like local cluster group of universes surrounded by a shell of, uh, kids in the hall sketches. Always <laughs> 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 waiting to seep into our reality. <laughs> it's really good when, uh, Gong Gong, he sits there and he's like, everyone get to your launching pads or whatever. And everyone just starts doing the most insane <laughs> shit in the room all at once. <laughs> Dude, like one of the guys goes into the corner and starts photocopying his ass. <laughs> Nothing, no scene in a movie yeah. will ever be as distressing as <laughs> that scene where they're fighting in the IRS office. <laughs> And because uh, the, and they 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 keep doing weird things to like shunt into these other parallel yeah. parallel universes and gain the skills from it. Yes. So, so uh, you know the main character Evelyn is fighting, is fighting this guy, and he so he's like, oh shit, I need to power up. So he turns to look at this employee of the month statue that is shaped like, like a, a butt plug. Butt plug, and that shit is set up half an hour earlier in the film. And that alone was distressing, but the scene where another guy jumps in ass first, sit mosaic over his dick, holding his ankles to ass drop onto this yeah, fucking he, butt plug. He does the butt stop move from Elden Ring. Yeah. He does he does the fucking E Honda cross up <laughs> onto this butt plug. Like the Jackie Chan guys sound like like Raging Falcon takes flight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and then while fighting her, because this is a different guy than the first guy, the first guy shows up with something else. Yeah, in his like ass a bowling or her. a child's fucking athletes league statue. It looked like an Oscar. It's so bad. <laughs> The best part of the the other dude jumping on it and slamming his ass down is the extreme sincerity and seriousness of the film on both a visual and a soundscape side as it just drops out all the sound to go doom. Like <laughs> it's like the Matrix when Neo finishes the last Smith in a fight. <laughs> it's that serious. The fucking the <sighs> The, the the fight in a kung fu movie where one character is trying to keep another character from grabbing a thing. Yes. It's a staple. It's a classic. You fall yeah. into the rhythm of it. And watching them just decide to do that stock scene was fucking mind unraveling. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, because usually they're just trying to grab it. Nothing else. <laughs> Not just it. you're pulling it away from their ass so they don't shove it up. It. Yes. It's so fucking good. Uh, these guys are very well versed in genre. That's for fucking sure. Because mm -hmm. every fucking multiverse has a different look. 
most films are hackish enough to just film with the same camera and do the world's shittiest color grade and go, and that's enough. But every single different multiverse, like based on how close it would be represented as a movie genre, right? Whether it's uh, a serious character drama piece about this romance between two women, or it's a martial arts thing, or it's a pulp noir thing, or it's this fucking landscape shit. Every single one of those has a different film grain size and color treatment and everything else. And it looks amazing. They fucking knocked it out of the park. So I lose it when I'm watching the behind the scenes and one of the directors, I think it was Shiner, just goes, uh, yeah, my major regret with the film is not filming the rock scene with IMAX cameras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh you immediately get that, uh-huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I, fair enough, time lapse on an IMAX must be expensive or something. I fucking... God. With how much Americans hate to read, it was really brave to not have them speak in the rock universe. Mm-hmm. To just have it be text. Yeah. And there's a couple <laughs> screenshots from that scene that I want as a wallpaper now. <laughs> yeah. This is the weirdest and like smart and confidently bizarre. Oh, oh well, I was going to say a wide release movie, but from, from certain recent reporting, maybe not that wide. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wider than most. Well, <laughs> it's the best performing A24 film ever. Mm. Uh, Hereditary was the next closest, apparently. So, whatever that means. Like, th <laughs> this movie is some 90s core shit ripped to life in the modern world. Honestly, yeah. that That's the vibe I got the most, especially early on. That first scene where they introduced the whole concept of they need to do some weird task... Mm -hmm. um to get these other powers to slingshot yeah yeah to slingshot uh and it's literally a fight scene between the main character and deidre like in the office and they keep jumping to the other world the, where uh short round is telling <laughs> is we're seeing his regular world like the alpha world he's in mm-hmm that is the most, that's the closest to a Matrix 1 scene that I've seen since the Matrix 1. Yeah. That's, yes. Uh, you're talking about the Alphaverse? Yes. With the Alpha Waymond? Which yes. I love that there's an Alpha Waymond. Uh, there's a cutscene that relates to this later, but he's got this amazing cerebral rig with these shades that have lights in them, and I'm like, that is the coolest shit I've seen in a movie this year. <laughs> I want those shades for streams. <laughs> that shit's too fucking cool. Uh, apparently they had, they had a, they cut a scene for this film where there was a different alpha, alpha verse where instead of being adversarial to, uh, Joe Butabaki, they just sort of gave up. They're like, eh, it's fine. Really? It's our fault. <laughs> we kind of made her. That's on us. <laughs> that would have been great too. It's really good. And in that universe, Evelyn is an urn of ashes. Because she's dead in the normal Alphaverse. <laughs> so that one, she's talking as an urn. Swapping up and down. Oh, like that would have been good. They do, they, they do cut to that in one of the last they scenes. They do. Uh, that's the thing. I saw the movie the first time. Didn't watch the behind the scenes until after the second viewing. And I'm like, why is she an urn screaming? That's unreal. Uh, another thing they cut was uh, Spaghetti Baby Noodle Boy. Uh, it would be an injustice to even describe that, but that's a whole universe, and they oh. have puppets. <laughs> Ooh, I like puppets. Yeah, this movie's propensity is to use puppets mm -hmm. and do weird stuff with them is uh, amazing, astounding. <laughs> yeah, they they do some absolutely killer stuff with the transitions between the fight scene between all multiverses. Mm -hmm. Like when it cuts to uh, the pinata thems mm -hmm. after they were drawings and all sorts of other shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> One of my favorite bits in this whole film is the raccoon tootie. Uh, raccoon tootie. I spent days being like, I can't tweet about raccoon Yeah, It would ruin it for people who haven't seen the movie. It is the funniest shit in the world. What do you mean it's voiced by Randy Newman? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <sighs> okay, all right. Rekakuni's amazing. Yeah, the realization that it wasn't just a dumb bit of haha, they don't know what that movie is. Yeah, that, that, that was yes. some straight up like Baron Stained Bear's mind horror. 
Yeah, the, the the introduction being Evelyn just trying to describe it to the to her family, and they're like, "Oh, you mean Ratatouille?" <laughs> That's so funny that you messed that up. And it's like, well, she probably already had that universe seep in. You're right. So she's already losing it a bit. The fact that it exists is unfucking real. God, like, like it, that is symptomatic of how smart this movie is. Like most products will do like, oh, we're going to do, you know, alternate realities and all of them are going to be different only in ways that are emotionally meaningful to the main cast because I'm a hack piece of shit and I think that's how multiverse works. You know, just like time travel. Yeah. Uh, but this one, it just it fucking takes its core concept and has actual consequences from it. Like, there's some fucked up shit out there. The fact that they had the 2001 ape scene <laughs> where the hot dog finger apes slaughter the articulated finger apes. Yes! <laughs> I, uh, you know, best body horror scene in a movie this year is, uh, her and Deidre making out and the hot dog fingers shooting mustard and ketchup out of them into their fucking mouths. I'm like, this is horrible. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the no, whole hot no, dog universe no. was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just I, had to use their feet to play piano, and it's like, oh my did, god! Did you see the behind the scenes of how they did that? Yeah, that thing, that rig I, I, I is was, weird. I was terrified that it was like somebody's actual feet, but no, they're they're just foot shaped gloves. What? They have a foot shaped glove, what? and then something going into the glove to fill it out more. I need to watch these behind the scenes. Good lord. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah, this movie is fucking brilliant. I, I love that, like, Raccoonie's one of the funniest things in this fucking film, right? <laughs> but it still has an emotional core to that universe because after she reveals him to be a hack who's being piloted by Raccoonie as a chef, he he loses it. He's like, you took everything from me. Raccoonie's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> the only one who understood. <laughs> Rakakuni being taken out in a cage by the police is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because you know what? You know what? After, after everything that's happened, if we found a talking animal, we would have it arrested. That is how that would go. Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. That really is the ratatouille if it was real. <laughs> they do that with all the, the universes. Even the hot dog universe has the emotional depths that you would expect right. for the rest of this movie. Like... Like, it's insane, but it's also really funny because the opening shot of the hot dog universe is her looking at what was, like, I I, I assume some, like, uh, Asian drama romance film that was playing in the laundromat. But now they have the hot dog fingers. And as she's watching it play out and still try to be romantic with the spurting of ketchup and mustard, she's just like... What in the world? And the Deidre walks up with her hot dog fingers and she screams and then looks at her hands and she screams at her hands and runs off. And it's absolutely hilarious in a void, right? Mm -hmm. And that would be good enough on its own. But this film has that emotional core of that entire universe, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's an emotional point to that entire universe. And none of it revolves around main character, like as Agro was saying. It's not all in this universe, main character gets this happy end or less happy end. It, it really is more about other, you know, Deidre in that universe and other emotional things there. I, I really love how every universe of this has a brilliant joke and an idea. Yeah, like like a lot of them are gags, but they are the, the movie treats every joke it does with these universes as whole ideas. Like they drop that line in, in the rock universe where they're like, yeah, this is a universe uh, where the earth never sustained life. Most of them are like this. Yeah. Like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I also really appreciate how this idea comes back to the core theme and idea of the movie. You know, the movie's about dealing with say depression or, you know, more, more, you know, more important to focus on nihilism. It's also partially uh, about having ADHD, apparently. Yeah, he said as he wrote the character, he realized that he had undiagnosed ADHD and then the main <laughs> character is definitely suffering from that in this. Uh, but, like, the core stab of the movie is about empathy, right? And being empathetic to Deidre 
and all these other characters. That's why the fight scene at the end, the major fight scene, isn't about devastating and owning all these people. It's about trying to make them whole through understanding them and trying to help. It's I really love that about this film, and I love everything else about it. The, like It's all summarized in the everything bagel, right? The fact that it's a dumb fucking joke, but it is also oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> it is really refreshing to see a, a considered, a produced, a mainstream media product take a look at the notion that if there's an infinite number of universes and everything is different everywhere else, then nothing we do has really any intrinsic large-scale meaning and them to not just turn around at the end and go, oh, yeah, but uh, love or some shit. Uh, everything, no, you're valid and everything means everything. No, the, the, the actual thing at the end of the movie, she was like, uh, nothing matters. And her mom's like, yeah, you want to go do stuff? <laughs> if, if, nothing, if nothing matters, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, they literally say, do you want to sing the fucking broken karaoke machine? And she's like, sure, nothing matters. It's like literally this meme, the indifferent cruelty of the universe when the indomitable human spirit walks into the room. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's what I really like about this movie. Like, it's not that they tried to take the nihilism and be like, no, you're wrong and here's why. It instead focuses on, you know, they literally say in the film, there are short moments when all of this makes sense. And those moments are worth sticking with, right? And it's worth seeing that instead of thinking about how meaningless everything is. Like, to focus on how meaningless everything is, is completely missing it. And I really like how they handled that completely. Did you know there was a Barbie girl act, rather arc, in this film that was cut out entirely in post? What? The opening shot of the movie is set up as them singing Barbie Girl, a thing you do not get in the actual released version. And the ending of the movie was going to be them singing Barbie Girl on the broken karaoke machine in the parking lot. Huh. They just huh. edited it out entirely. And honestly, after seeing the, the original intro and how long that went for, I'm like, yeah, that was a smart choice. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we needed 40 seconds of that. Just hearing you describe it kind of reminds me of like, Scott Pilgrim movie. It, this is. <laughs> I love Scott Pilgrim. People know that because I brought it into Bless Blunt. And this makes that look like it's made by an idiot. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Th this is like this is like if you cranked the good parts of Scott Pilgrim up to like 12 and then cranked the good parts of Kung Fu Hustle up to like 12 yeah. and then made yeah. them one movie. Yeah, and that's not fair. <laughs> like, I, I remember thinking in the middle of this, like, God, there, there's a whole demographic of people out there who are going to be lucky enough for this to be their big, first, smart, new idea movie in their life. Like, they're going to get to watch this when they're, like, 13. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> you think after watching it twice in, like, a week and a half or two weeks, I'd be good. But I'm kind of like, ah, I need I need at least a couple yeah, more you, trips. You need, you need a couple more. Uh, watching this movie was... Getting to the Jobu Tupaki's introduction mm -hmm. was very funny because I instantly went, Oh, this is what the display names of all those lesbians I know meant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is this is this is why this is why there was like five different Jobu Tupakis in my mentions all the time. <laughs> I understand icon. now. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, that whole scene, like God, the fucking you—you you have to watch this movie. Like, like you have to see it. Yeah, you have to put it into your eyes because it's <laughs> the fucking visuals are amazing. Watching that girl actually powerbomb that guard to death. Yes! <laughs> Just yeah. jumps on the shoulder. He teleports upside down. <laughs> yeah, we can describe it, but it's not the same. It's fucking brilliantly put together in a way that special effects just don't even try to nowadays for the most part. Like, it's, it's just amazing watching it play off. Like... It, describing it doesn't do anything for it. Speaking of which, apparently, originally, they were going to have Aquafina play Jobu Tabaki, as in Joy. Uh, 
And I'm like, no, not a single change. I don't want to see any changes to this film. <laughs> I don't want to imagine a different actress in that role. Oh. She was amazing. Uh, another thing that I really liked about this movie, there is uh, in one of the universe jumps, uh, she gets the ability to use to do like uh, a super kung fu move with her pinky. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh. oh. And every time she does yes. it, it plays the home run bat sound from Smash Brothers. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I saw this in the same week that Multiverses came out. So when both use the home run bat sound effect, I'm like, good, it's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone found the exact sound package that had it, and they're like, get it. <laughs> yeah, just seeing the the extra muscle they put on the pinky for that, that effect was hilarious, oh, yeah. but also horrible. I can't oh. deal with it. That I realized thing... I'm never going to be able to deal with that scene. Yeah, I could not at any point enjoy that, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I saw that thing in the behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah, it, 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 it's actually a giant hand. It's fucking huge, and they have, like, oh, a, a trigger they pull to inflate the muscle. Oh, my God. I can't, even, I can't even watch the behind the scenes without cringing at this hand that has the ultra Chad pinky muscle. Real effects and compositing, always better than CGI. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing how many things you get with filming a real thing that you cannot create in a computer. God. You just get that shit for free. <laughs> I, I I love how the alternate universe from which she pulls her kung fu abilities. It, it's not some universe where like she she became. It, it's a universe where she's just fucking Michelle Yeoh. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little disappointed that whole universe wasn't a universe where everyone knew Kung Fu, but also being the universe of her being Michelle Yeoh they was pretty funny. actually spliced in footage of her at, like, red carpet events and stuff, like, yeah. old yes. B-roll. It's really good. I, I really appreciated that universe being, no, she's a famous Kung Fu star. That's, that's what she is here, obviously. Gets out of the limo with her fucking Sifu. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, apparently originally they were going to name the main character Michelle, Michelle, and Michelle Yeoh's like, N no, <laughs> this is this, this is a different character. This isn't me. You need to name it differently. And they're like, okay. In, in, <laughs> in the earliest ideas for this, um, her character was supposed to be Jackie Chan. Yeah. And then they decided it would work better if it huh. was, a like a, a, a woman is the main character and then the husband was the side character. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and I agree. I think that I think that works much better. Yes. This. I mean, I once again, every time I read how it could have gone, I go, no, this was <laughs> fucking amazing. I don't want any changes. I love Jackie Chan. Don't yeah, get me Jackie fucking Chan wrong. As somebody who's watched well over twenty Jackie Chan films, I would have loved for this to have been a Jackie Chan film. If you just described it to me as, would you like to see that? But with Jackie Chan. But uh, <laughs> you get to do that for basically any movie, though. I'd want to watch it. Oh, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to watch a movie in which Jackie Chan? Yes. <laughs> well, let, yeah. Let me test much. this real quick on the most dire use case. One moment. I planted a bomb in your brain. Oh, this is not good. <laughs> oh, wow. Mission Impossible 3 is amazing now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> One simple change. There's still now, time. Now imagining... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but with Jackie Chan instead of Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> <laughs> Not even instead of Michelle Yeoh. It's a slightly different film. I'd still take it. <laughs> you know, they, they had they had that Iron Chef dude in John Wick Four, but if it was Jackie Chan, <laughs> there's there's so much great stuff in this movie minor stuff that gets lost in like the greater flow of everything happening mm -hmm. yeah it's a very dense film where it's like like one of the core like struggles of the of the movie is that joy is lesbian in in, in the main character's home universe mm -hmm. and she like brings it up to joe butupaki and joe butupaki's just like <laughs> All this is going on, and you're still homophobic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically yeah. how that line goes, and it's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's like it's you've like, seen it's all like of this, and your main heck up is in this universe. I like girls. 
all right. <laughs> and then she runs up like she's going to clothesline her and she starts screaming. Like Evelyn's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then there's the very, very, uh, the very Jackie Chan scene where Waymond is beating those dudes ass with the teddy bear satchel. Mm-hmm. And at one point stopped to put rocks from an aquarium <laughs> into it. Yes. It's really good. This movie really ramps up very naturally into just being insane. Yeah. yeah. So at a certain point in the third act, like we cut to a wide shot and, you know, there's like a whole bunch of people in the lobby and, and uh, Wayman's making a speech and I go, holy shit, we we're still in this IRS building. Yeah. 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 What the fuck? Yeah. No, I, I was floored that this was a film that had just rented a huge fucking space and filmed the goddamn movie there because you so rarely see that nowadays and it works perfectly in this film. $25 million budget. <laughs> really? Holy shit. Jesus. They did an amazing job for 25 mil. That's that money back feeling. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is a fact. We, you know, we haven't even addressed the fact that uh, Deidre, the IRS inspector, who is also a major character, is fucking Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she just disappeared into that character perfectly. She's the most amazing piece of shit. She's busting their balls over all these receipts. And she goes, let me explain something to you. You don't get one of these statues. Points to the butt plug without seeing a lot of bullshit. I was like, oh, that's a neat little visual dig at the IRS. I, <laughs> 15 minutes later. Yeah, I, I honestly was like, I was worried from moment one of seeing that. But I didn't know why. And not for another half hour. Fourth level red. <laughs> But she just disappears into this character perfectly and plays her so many different ways in the different universes that feel very whole and genuine. It's 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 amazing. I, I'm serious when I say she just disappeared into that character in a way where it was kind of nuts for me to go, wait, that was Jamie Lee. Uh, all right. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, I really, one of the funniest moments in the movie, and this doesn't connect to anything on an emotional core level, but it, I love this exchange so much. There's the moment right after Jobu leaves Joy's body. Joy in the normal universe is herself again. Waymond is normal Waymond again. And they go to hide in this office along with uh, Gong Gong. And that's the grandfather. And, you know, Gong Gong's like, hey, you have to kill Joy. We, How are you going to defeat her, Jobu Tabaki, in every universe if you can't kill her in one? And ultimately, Evelyn decides not to. But the moment she decides not to, Gong Gong, who in this universe can't speak English at all, just starts going, this is beyond, this is not okay. We're shutting this down now. And pulls out a gun. And Joy just goes, when did he learn how to speak English so well? And Wayman's like, whoa, 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 family meeting. And I love that moment. It is incredible how uh, James Hong pulls that off and how everyone else reacts. And this is the perfect cast. This mm. movie's perfect. Like, they, that moment is so hilarious when you see it play out. I, I, I think it should be noted, like, Wayman played by the short round. Mm -hmm. When I heard that, because I heard that was one of the first things I heard about this movie. I did not expect him to have the exact same voice he did when he was 10. <laughs> like, I was just like, this, is it. this guy sounds like he did when he played in Goonies. So the best part is he does that in the main universe. But when you cut to like him in the cool universe where he's courting, you know, actress Michelle Yeoh, right? Mm -hmm. The Blade Runner universe. Yes, the Blade Runner universe. He's like cool and collected and not high pitched at all. It's really amazing. We finished watching this film. My girlfriend Tosh, I, I tell her, yeah, that was the guy who played a short round in Indiana Jones. This is his first role since then. And she goes, that explains his voice. <laughs> like he's just doing that voice that I, you know, it was so high pitched that she didn't, she didn't know why he was that high pitched. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's perfect. Wayman is so well executed by him. On, on a related note, everyone's outfits are also perfect. I really love the costume designer on this. Mm -hmm. They do the behind the scenes and you see her outfit and you go, hell yeah, you're the costume designer on this movie. How could you not be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a really good. Uh, the, the director, I believe, talking about her is just like, she's really into boomer chic. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so she sets up the main character with this perfect vest outfit that just is so Evelyn. And everyone else, like, Jobu's outfits in every universe are amazing. I love her in the Alphaverse, where she has the crazy green fuzzy spokes. Like, weird yeah. spike shit uh-huh. sticking out of her as she menacingly walks down the road in what I like to think of as the music video universe. <laughs> they also had her in a prison for one shot, just beating people to death with what I think was a hammer and an axe. Uh once again the looks per universe they nail that mm-hmm. usually that is the exact type of thing where it's like it it digs at me when it doesn't look amazing but they nail it so well in this <laughs> one thing also with the um like like the, the way you've got a slate of actors you know just switching between different character setups mm-hmm. is and this this is also something i i'm really pleased to finally see in a wide release uh film in this country is you've got characters who speak chinese code switching while they're at home back and forth yes and that's so natural and organic Mm -hmm. like it's so realistic too it's yeah and they even have that actor yeah joy isn't good at chinese at all (laughs) yeah it was was like (laughs) oh it's so good (laughs) for reference sake this is the costume designer on this film (laughs) Ah, well, yeah, well, there you go. Awesome. I wish I had the the behind-the-scenes clip of exactly what she was wearing there, because it was even better. I loved it. But, yeah, it's... I'm not... It is 2022. I'm not programmed anymore to expect a film to come out that is this good yeah (laughs) so when it does yeah i'm kind of flabbergasted as my primary emotion right like i think me and you finished watching that one night and we just kind of didn't say anything about it because it was like what do you even say it's it was just (laughs) too good Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm just silently watching the credits and we both know of course there's no after the credits thing we're just watching it because the movie's over and we're processing (laughs) It's just like, man. <laughs> like, how rare is is the film? Who, because like like this one, it had its it had two basic moral messages here. Hmm. One was the uh, <laughs> embracing the absurdity is the only sustainable way to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, how rare is is the piece of media whose message is to be kind that doesn't come off as saccharine? Yeah. Or just fake or like beatitudinal. It when when Waymond makes his declaration that being kind is a conscious strategic choice. Yeah. I'm just like, holy shit, you're doing it. You're making an actual, consistently logical moral point in a movie. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good scene. I, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 God, it, it's so that many. fucking meme you see posted everywhere. Uh, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. I, you know, I, I've said it a couple of times, but his performance in that scene and throughout this movie is great, and it's really telling and funny that every time you check any of these actors' like Wikipedia pages right now, they all when end with. And they were in everything, everywhere, all at once, which was critically received very well. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, every one of these actors is incredible in this. uh, But but on the on the on the message of having a consistent moral uh, concept and messaging it in a way that's not saccharine. You don't think any of the Marvel movies have done that or (laughs) Uh, the the characters do the movies do not. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I'm going to tell you right now, whoever you were rooting for in Civil War, you were wrong. <laughs> but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've been going 45 minutes or so. I don't know. Different number after editing. 
hey, Dan, you get to edit in you saying the correct number? God, no. <laughs> Why would you ever? <laughs> what a waste of fucking time. It, it would be really funny if you sound really bored when you dub it over. <laughs> <laughs> Different audio quality. I'm a foot away from my mic. Or you sound terrified and like you're in an echoey basement and you can hear somebody like cutting up cocaine and somebody else counting money. Some grinding sound. Uh, mm. And I could sit here and legitimately fillet this movie for an hour longer. But I feel like I've run out of things that are meaningfully important to be said or heard, rather. So we might need to wrap this up. Let's uh, let's bring up some moments that we want to get into this recording before it ends, though. Does anyone have any? I mean, it's it, it's a movie in which there are scenes with Michelle Yeoh kicking people. So, it's, yeah. I mean, that's just there's more of that in the world now. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> universal good <laughs> i uh <laughs> uh i didn't want to fill this with behind the scenes trivia but <laughs> the the makeup and hair designer for the movie being like you want gray in her hair how much is too much and then the agent for michelle yo comes in and she's like no what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> why did why are you making her look horrible <laughs> it's like it's fine you stop that there are other universes they'll see she's beautiful so <laughs> you'd be surprised how much of that behind the scenes is dedicated to we had to make the beautiful michelle yo look uh, very tired and old <laughs> they did a pretty good job because i almost like forgot she is the literal embodiment of exhaustion when she's playing evelyn mm -hmm. like yeah especially those opening scenes mm-hmm I almost didn't want to think that it was like makeup to make her seem older. I'm like, eh, I guess she's just old now and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> There's the gap. I, I guess, you know, that happened. Yeah, I mean, she's what, 60s or so now? I don't, I don't actually know. Um, but you can see her in the behind the scenes and everything else. And it's just like, no, she, she's well kept and stuff. So they literally <laughs> went way out of their way. <laughs> So and they fucking nailed it. Evelyn is once again some sort of some some sort of elemental for being tired. <laughs> oh and, yeah, and it's perfect. The fact that the climax of this movie is like the scene in any other kung fu movie where the protagonist beats up forty people in a row, but instead it's solving all their problems. Yeah, is brilliant. It really is. I was like, oh my god. Where it's like, well, you 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 have back problems, so I'm going to do chiropractic <laughs> on you in this fight scene. Yeah, and then I'm going to do the neck twist that would kill you in any other movie, <laughs> but in this one, it's just going to fix your back. We also didn't bring up the dog mom once. Oh my god. Debbie <gasps> the dog mom. That fight scene's incredible. <laughs> Yes. Oh yeah, where well, she's <laughs> swinging it. Yeah. What a brilliant movie! Yeah. It doesn't get stuck in the fridge. Yeah, she yeah. closes it in the fridge. God. The the when they cut when they cut the leash, I, I felt I felt it. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is fucked up. <laughs> she shows up at the start of the movie, and I'm like, oh, that's that chick who was in Parks and Rec. She's gonna be back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we need to start wrapping this up. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do a few sentences uh, summarizing how we feel in some sort of summary summary. Ooh. <laughs> Is it Sumerian? Uh, no, it's not Sumerian. That's that's different. Is it symmetrical? Uh, is it symmetrical or symmetrical? Answer the question. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, and then we're going to give our numbers out of 10. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, Bob. Sure. Um, we've been over how amazing this movie is. I was like tearing up and laughing for the last half hour straight. Uh, I'm giving it a 10. Like, it's hard to imagine a better movie. <laughs> Good luck, Hollywood. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a 10. Uh, we're going to go ahead and head to uh, Mr. Feel yeah like i was stunned at like all the emotional threads coming together at the end and how good it was so i'm gonna also have to give this a 10 uh dr agro 
There are a lot of movies out there that are great. Uh, but this, this is a movie that is special. Yeah. It's, it's got to walk away with a 10. Uh, KZ. This movie's really exceptional. I thoroughly enjoyed my time. I liked the emotional beats. I liked some of the action. Uh, I didn't come away with it feeling as strongly as everyone else. So I get to be that one person that uh, does the unfortunate combo breaker of I'm giving it a nine. <laughs> okay. When I finished my first viewing of this film, I sat there and uh, not even knowing that we were going to do content on it only two weeks later or whatever. Uh, I was like, wow, this movie's amazing. Like I'm, I'm floored because as Agro very well put it, there are a lot of great films out there, but this one's special, right? And being great, amazing even, but also being special is very, very rare. This film held up so well on a second viewing. It was so engaging and interesting with in, in completely new ways on a second viewing that I'm sitting there anticipating additional viewings past that. And it really does reside in a very special place for me and as a film. Because I don't expect anything else to come and outdo this movie at what it is ever. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it a 10. It was an amazing experience. I could not have remotely expected, even with all the hype, for it to be this good. Uh, that gives the total score a 49 and the average 9.8. Uh, now that we've gotten out of that part of the podcast, uh, we now get to... Uh, so so on Twitter, this one guy was like, the movie's about nihilism. Why are all the fans so annoying and saying I have to watch it because it's so great? You didn't walk away with the correct message. <laughs> Agro, do you agree with this? Or? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of spoiler cast is, here's the dumbest thing I've ever heard about this thing we watched. Nihilism is one of those words where when someone uses it when talking to me, I just I just blank over it because everyone uses it to mean something different, and anyone who uses it to describe something is using it wrong. <laughs> it's you would say it's just very Kafka-esque. Is that hmm? Ooh. Look, I, I'm saying we, we we got two weeks in a row with some of the best sitting on your shoulders fight scenes in cinema history. So <laughs> Clearly, uh, this that, is that the alpha universe. <laughs> Clearly. When they got on each other's shoulders, I got stressed out. I'm like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for listening. If you want to support us doing podcasts like these, head on over to patreon.com slash GB podcast. Come back next week where it probably won't be yet another film with people on each other's shoulders that gets tens. 